We've got football, we've got betting, and we even have a little esports. This is the brand new First in Gen podcast with your host, me, Jen McGraw. And we're back with a new and improved First and Gen. This podcast, for those who don't know, started in June 2022 as a sports and culture podcast. A little hodgepodge of everything from local culture-related segments to general feel-good type stories. Now that I'm talking sports content more seriously, I'm focusing on what I can do to build my brand and projects better and more focused on things I want to cover. So this podcast will focus on major championship betting in all sports, including the NFL, mostly NFL talk as well as esports. And with that being said, today's episode will be just that. We're kicking off the show by continuing to take a look at each NFL division, this time the AFC East and the team's seasons, off-seasons, best bets, and playoff predictions. Then we jump into each team's hardest NFL opponent next season. To wrap the show, we're back to talking about the Sims, and I'm rating each of the expansion packs as we await the Horse Ranch expansion pack. You're listening to First in Gen with your host, Jen McGraw, AFC East Breakdown after the break. Philly Sports Trips is a proud sponsor of the First and Gen podcast. Take your Philly sports experience to the next level with Philly Sports Trips, a premium travel and tailgating experience. This experience includes four and five star hotels and resorts, group and charter flights, an on-site trip coordinator for every trip, and then the fun just begins. You get to have tailgating experiences, local excursions, other fun perks, and ticketed seating together at games with other fans. These trips book up quick, so don't wait to to plan yours. To book a trip, visit phillysportstrips.com. The 2023 NFL season is around the corner, which means it's still the perfect time to take a look at how each team will potentially shape up for this upcoming season. And we continue today with the AFC East, who, for those who don't know, who might be listening to this podcast because you're looking to get into football or you just want to hear my lovely voice, the AFC East has the Buffalo Bills, the New York Jets, the New England Patriots, and the Miami Dolphins. So I will start by talking about some of my best bets that I found on BetMGM, the king of sportsbook. We are not advertising BetMGM at all, but I like to use BetMGM because it's the easiest sports book for me to use. Um, and I, I just, I love using it. So with that being said, some of the best bets that I found on BetMGM are Bills being the division winner at plus 130 and probably one of the most obvious bets you could ever make, DeMar Hamlin at Comeback Player of the Year at minus 300. And I say that because he was cleared to play football, so if he takes a single snap, if he's able to play a single game, you know that award is going to definitely go to him. But we will jump into the Bills eventually in this segment. So first, let's start with the New York Jets, who are going to get some screen time with being this year's Hard Knocks training camp team. So to recap, this was the second season under head coach Robert Sala for the Jets. The team came out blazing to start the season and improved on their 4-13 record from last season. Even though they had a 7-4 start, the Jets collapsed late in the season. 
the team had a six-game losing streak to end their season and missed the playoffs with a Week 17 loss to the Seattle Seahawks. Despite the offseason struggles with quarterback Zach Wilson, the defense made huge strides in the right direction. They ranked fourth in defense in scoring and yardage, allowing only 316 points and 5,288 total yards. The Jets were the first team to win both offensive and defensive rookies of the year, with Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner respectively winning their awards. And now we've got a very interesting offseason the Jets will have because now that the Jets are officially this year's Hard Knocks training camp team, it'll be interesting to follow how their new quarterback, I don't know, some guy named Aaron Rodgers, will adjust to the team. The team also spent the offseason adding depth to the team, especially big guys who can protect Rodgers when he steps on the field. And I'm really expecting the Jets to um, make huge improvements from the last season and even the season before, especially with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Um, with that being said, I think the Jets may narrowly make the playoffs. I'm kind of interested to see how the team will do this season. Um, I would love for them to come out as the winner of this division, if not the Bills. Um, but of course, you know, as I said, I have the Bills to win the division. Um, but the Jets are going to be kind of interesting to look at. And we continue now talking about the Miami Dolphins because I want to get to the Bills conversation last as I dive into some more, some more of those best bets that I had. So diving in with the Miami Dolphins, this was the first season for the Dolphins under new head coach Mike McDaniel. For the first time since 2016, the Dolphins made the playoffs in a tricky AFC conference. By week 12, the team had their best start since 2001 with an 8-3 record. After that, they suffered a late season collapse and went on a five-game losing streak. However, they did manage to match their 9-8 record from the prior year and made it to the playoffs. So there's a lot to be um, happy about coming out of this season. Despite a late rally in the wildcard round, Miami fell to their divisional rival, Buffalo Bills, 34-31. The Dolphins fired defensive coordinator Josh Boyer and replaced him with Vic Fangio, who became the highest-paid defensive coordinator in the NFL due to his well-known incredible defenses. The team also acquired Jalen Ramsey in a trade with the LA Rams. So the Dolphins, I really don't know what to make of them in the upcoming season. I mean, I guess that can really be said about every team in the NFL. But you've got the Dolphins who are coming off of um, having a tricky last season because their quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, had um, a string of concussions. So we got him coming back. We have some adjustments being, being made on defense. So I'm not quite sure. I kind of hope the Dolphins are able to succeed, especially in, like I said, a tricky AFC conference. But I have them narrowly missing the playoffs. Um, and I think that they are well on their way. I think that maybe not this season, but I would expect them next season to have all the parts together to be able to uh, contend in the playoff race. But with that being said, we move on now to the New England Patriots. After an early season injury to starting quarterback Mac Jones, 
Bailey Zappi stepped up to lead the team to two straight wins in weeks four to six. After his recovery, Jones returned but lost five of their next seven games, including their final game to the Buffalo Bills. Ending the season with an 8-9 record, the team failed to make the playoffs. The Patriots brought back a number of defensive talent but lost a lot of offensive talent during the offseason. The team also had a plentiful draft to make up for some of the lost depth. Um, like with the Dolphins, I'm not really sure what to make of the Patriots right now because it seemed like last time I checked that they had a little bit of a, a quarterback controversy with uh, Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, so I'm not quite sure how I feel about the Patriots. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do enough to contend in the AFC right now, let alone in their own division. So for that reason, I have them missing the playoffs, and I think they have a little bit of a rebuild that they might have to do. I think they've got um, a couple pieces and a couple th moves that they've they'd be able to they'd have to make um, in order to get back to being the defensive heavy uh, dominating team that they once were. Last but not least, we discuss the Buffalo Bills. The Bills began this season being the defending AFC East champions. Not only did they clinch the division title for the third time in a row, but they also improved from their 11-6 record from last season. The Bills had a dominant season up to Week 17, where their Monday night game against the Cincinnati Bengals was declared a no-contest after DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field, nonetheless, the Bills rallied for Hamlin and won their last game of the season and finished 13-3. Unfortunately, they were not able to clinch the first seed because of the cancellation, which went to the Kansas City Chiefs. In the playoffs, the Bills defeated Miami in the wildcard round 34-31, but then fell to the Bengals 27-10, losing the divisional round for the second consecutive season. And during this offseason, the Bills were approved to have a new stadium that began construction in May 2023. The new stadium will be finished before the 2026 season. But in other news, like I mentioned earlier, Hamlin has since been cleared to play football and some other transactions included boosting the offense and defense. The Bills had a handful of notable players depart from the team, so it will be quite interesting to see how this influences the upcoming season. Nonetheless, I think they're in a win-now kind of mode. I think they that if they don't do something this season, that their window of opportunity kind of closes. So with that sense of urgency, I really think that the Bills will make the playoffs. So I think that the Bills and the Jets are the AFC East teams to make it out and to get into the playoffs. And I think the Dolphins and the New England Patriots will narrowly miss. I think they're not quite there yet. They're not as strong as the uh, latter of the two that I I'd mentioned with the Bills and the Jets. So with that being said... I predict that the Bills will be the division winner again. The Bills already won for three consecutive seasons, so I don't see why they wouldn't go for four. I think the team has had the most experience out of everyone, so I think it makes sense to trust the Bills more to win the division, but the Jets could give them a run for their money. I don't know how far the Bills will make it in the playoffs, but I do think that they will have at least 
somewhat of a an easier time getting there than uh, some of their other division rivals. Which brings me back to the point I mentioned at the start of the segment, some of the best bets that I found on BetMGM for the AFC East are the Bills to be the division winner at plus 130 and DeMar Hamlin to be the comeback player of the year at minus 300. Change Our Future is a proud sponsor of the First and Gen podcast. Founded by NFL safety Rodney McLeod and his wife Erica, Change Our Future is a youth development organization that seeks to remove barriers and labels placed on underserved communities by empowering people through education, advocacy, and awareness. Through programs like 12 Days of Christmas and their annual sneaker ball, they're able to give money and resources back to families and communities like Philadelphia, Maryland, and Indianapolis. To join the movement or volunteer, visit changeourfuture.org. With a little over 60 days until the start of the 2023-2024 NFL season, I get goosebumps thinking about it. Each team is gearing up for their different opponents and what they've seen the season prior. Each NFL team usually has a team that could be seen as an easier or harder opponent, so I've attempted to gather what each team's hardest matchup will be on their schedule. If you didn't check out last week's episode, I talked about what each NFL team's opponent will be the easiest matchup, so go ahead and go check that out if you haven't already. But with that being said, let's start again with the AFC East, as I just got done talking about them last second, and we will start with the predicted AFC East division winner, the Buffalo Bills. Now, clearly, their hardest opponent, when you see the Kansas City Chiefs on your schedule, they're going to be your hardest opponent. I mean, they are a team that's doing everything absolutely right right now. So, I think the Chiefs will be the hardest opponent for the Bills. The all-time record is the Bills leading the charge 28-24 and one tie. Two of the top AFC teams going against each other is always a fantastic matchup. Where one of these teams might be weaker, the other is stronger. What will make the Chiefs the tougher opponent for the Bills is definitely the home field advantage. We move on to the Miami Dolphins, who will have the toughest time against the Philadelphia Eagles. The all-time record is Dolphins 9-6. The Dolphins have some issues they need to address, one of them being their quarterback getting reacquaintance with being on the field following the string of concussions. The Eagles' defense is aggressive when they're told to be, so the Dolphins will need to figure out a way to protect their quarterback at all costs to keep the chains moving. Next, we've got the New England Patriots, who, like like I said before, will have the toughest time against the Kansas City Chiefs. The all-time record is the Chiefs leading 20-16 and three ties. The Chiefs may have had a harder time before playing against Tom Brady and the Patriots, but now they have just one more advantage over the team. The Chiefs are going to be dominant this season no matter who they play against, especially Bill Belichick. 
And finally, in the AFC East, we've got another NFC East team that the Jets are going to be having some trouble with, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles. The all-time record is the Eagles 12-0. The Philadelphia Eagles have never lost to the New York Jets, and I don't believe it starts now just because Aaron Rodgers is on the team. Last season, the Eagles were able to make Rodgers struggle, and I think it continues with him and the Jets. We move on to the AFC North. The Cincinnati Bengals will have the toughest time against the San Francisco 49ers. The all-time record is the Bengals 13-4. This matchup is going to be very interesting considering both teams have a young quarterback, a stacked roster, and a head coach who knows how to call smart and aggressive football. The Bengals might have a tough time with this offensive talent the 49ers possess, as that was one of the weaknesses the team has. Next, we have the Baltimore Ravens, who will also struggle against the San Francisco 49ers, but the Ravens do lead the all-time record 5-2. The 49ers are also going to be a hard team for the Baltimore Ravens for quite the same reason as the Bengals. I think the Ravens will struggle a little more with the 49ers than the other opponents because San Francisco is stronger on both sides of the ball. Next, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers who have the toughest time against the Jacksonville Jaguars, although the Steelers do lead the all-time record 13-12. The Jaguars are what I think the Steelers could be in another season or two. The head coach quarterback duo in the Jaguars, plus some other good offseason moves, I think will be enough to make the Steelers struggle a bit with Jacksonville. Next, we have the Cleveland Browns, who will have the hardest time against the Chicago Bears, but the Browns do lead the all time record 10 7. The Bears and Browns are not different from each other. Both teams have a quarterback they're working on building around in order to contend for playoff contention. However, the difference lies in the fact that I think the Bears are more promising and able to win now as opposed to the Cleveland Browns who may win down the line. Next, we've got the AFC South with the Jacksonville Jaguars having the hardest time against the Buffalo Bills, and the Bills lead the all-time record 9-7. Both the Jaguars and the Bills are itching to get over the playoff slump they've been in the past few seasons. There is minimal room for error in the AFC, and the Jaguars' toughest team is the Bills. I feel more confident in the Bills in this matchup due to the playoff experience, but the Jaguars could be surprising. Next, we've got the Tennessee Titans, who will have the hardest time against the Cincinnati Bengals, but the Titans do lead the all-time record 40-37 and one tie. The Cincinnati Bengals are a force to be reckoned with in the AFC trifecta, the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs, as I like to put it. The Titans are not a strong enough team to contend yet in the AFC, so the Bengals absolutely have the advantage in this matchup. The Indianapolis Colts will also have the hardest time against the Cincinnati Bengals and the Colts lead the all-time record 20-12. The Colts' string of struggles might continue next season due to another head coaching change. This change could make the team struggle at first before they find their footing. Something the Bengals could use to their advantage being the more secure team. And finally, the Cincinnati Bengals will also have their way with the Houston Texans, but the Texans do lead the all-time record 8-5. to 
Though the Texans made some promising offseason moves, those moves are not nearly enough to be able to defeat the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are stronger on both sides of the ball, and it gives them the upper hand in this matchup. We move on finally in the AFC to the AFC West, with the Kansas City Chiefs having the hardest time, if I had to pick a team, having the hardest time against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Chiefs lead the all-time record 6-4. It's safe to say the Chiefs will be one of the few dominating teams in the NFL next season en route to another postseason. Their toughest opponent will be the Eagles because they'll also be looking to win the Super Bowl rematch. They'll also be looking to get back to the Super Bowl. So that will be one of the hard teams that the Chiefs will have to face, if not the toughest. Staying in the NFC East, AFC West kind of matchup, the Los Angeles Chargers are going to have the hardest time against the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys lead the all-time record 7-5. I think the Chargers will see the most struggles with the Dallas Cowboys, though the Cowboys lost a few good players that kept them from being that kept them being dominant. The Chargers haven't made enough moves for them to make the leap, and the Cowboys will definitely capitalize off of it. The Las Vegas Raiders will have the toughest time against the Buffalo Bills, although the series is tied 21-21. The Raiders do not feel like a fully secure team since Jimmy Garoppolo may or may not be ready to go for the team. The Bills outmatch the Raiders in experience and strength on both sides of the ball, which means they will have the upper hand in this matchup. And the Bills will also be able to have their way with the Denver Broncos. The Bills also lead the matchup 23-16 and one tie. The Denver Broncos are still working out the issues they had from last season's rocky start with Russell Wilson. Compared to their other opponents, the Bills' defense will be challenging for the Broncos, and the offense will also be able to control the pace and outpace the Broncos. We move on now to the NFC, and what better way to start than with the NFC East? The Philadelphia Eagles' hardest opponent will be the Kansas City Chiefs, and like I mentioned earlier, the Chiefs lead the all-time record 6-4. It's safe to say the Eagles will not have as easy of a schedule as they did last season, but one of those harder teams they have to face will be a Super Bowl rematch, and the Chiefs won't play soft. The Eagles will have probably one of their toughest matches of the season in the Chiefs. We move on to the Washington Commanders, who will have the toughest time against the San Francisco 49ers, and the 49ers lead the all-time record 22-12 and one tie. The Commanders also have a few tough matches next season, but I think the 49ers will be a much harder team for them to compete with. The two teams are pretty much opposite, so it feels to me like the 49ers have a huge advantage over the Commanders. We move on to the Dallas Cowboys having the toughest time against the Buffalo Bills, and the all-time record is the Bills 8-5. The Cowboys lost a few key pieces that otherwise probably would help them compete against the Bills. Compared to their other opponents, I think the Cowboys will struggle the most with the Bills who are looking to get over the playoff slump and potentially make it to the Super Bowl. Finally, in the NFC East, we have the New York Giants having the hardest time against the San Francisco 49ers, but the series is tied again 21-21. 
Though the Giants are another NFC team that has a lot of positives from last season, they're going to have a tough time competing against the 49ers. Both teams had a taste of the playoffs that got ripped away from them and want to get back there, but I'm more confident in the 49ers winning this matchup than the Giants. We move on to a very interesting NFC North where the Chicago Bears will have the hardest time against the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Bears lead the all-time record 7-6. If the Bears can pull together all of the pieces of what can make them a playoff contending team, they should have no problem being dominant throughout the season. This pace will be good for them because they might have a tough time against the Kansas City Chiefs, who could outmatch the Bears in all areas of the team. Next, we've got the Minnesota Vikings, who have the hardest time against the San Francisco 49ers. The Vikings lead the all-time record 21-19 and one tie. The Vikings will be a playoff contending team next season considering they have a lot of positives from the season prior. One team they're going to have trouble with is the 49ers just because they are the stronger team on both sides of the ball, I think. Next, we've got the Detroit Lions who have the hardest time against Kansas City Chiefs and the Chiefs lead the all-time record 9-5. The Lions could look to make a leap this season as they continue to build young and talented players on their team. With this kind of team comes a lot of experience to, with, to which the Chiefs can use to their advantage. And the Green Bay Packers will also have a struggling time against the Kansas City Chiefs, but the Chiefs lead the all-time record 8-5 and one tie. Without Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are a little more shaky than normal as they'll try to work through early season struggles with Jordan Love. The Chiefs are far more experienced, especially at quarterback, so the Packers will have to keep up with the pace of one of their tougher rivals. I am not sure how I feel about the NFC South, but I do know they're going to face some hard talent. And we start with the Carolina Panthers, whose hardest opponent will be the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys lead the all-time record 10-5. The Cowboys seem like the toughest opponent to the Panthers since the team has attempted to improve its offense, signing players like Miles Sanders to hopefully establish a better run game. The Cowboys defense is really good at stopping plays once they get in the groove, and not to mention they have experience with playing against Miles Sanders from the Philadelphia Eagles. We move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who will have the hardest time against the Philadelphia Eagles, but the Buccaneers lead the all-time record 11-10. Without a few of their key pieces on offense and on the coaching staff, the Buccaneers are going to look very different and potentially struggle this season. On the opposite side of the ball, the Eagles are the stronger team that could make the Bucs struggle to get momentum going. Next, we've got the New Orleans Saints, who will struggle against the Chicago Bears. The Saints do lead the all-time record 18-15. Where the Bears made moves that boosted their offense and defense, the Saints failed to make the same kind of moves. I think this team is going to struggle again this season, especially with the Bears, who seem like the hardest competition on the schedule. And the Bears will also be the team that the Atlanta Falcons struggle with as well. The Bears lead this all-time record 15-14. to Not only will the Saints struggle, but I think the Falcons will also struggle against the Bears for the same reason. The Bears did enough to look like they can contend in the NFC, but I'm not confident that the Falcons can make the leap from last season. 
we now finally move on to the NFC West and begin with the Arizona Cardinals, who will absolutely struggle against the Philadelphia Eagles. But the Cardinals do lead the all-time record 60-57 to and 5 ties. I really think the Cardinals will struggle against the Eagles, even though Gannon was the defensive coordinator in Philadelphia, the team is fired up and ready to take on their former coach, especially one who was interviewing for this job the week of the Super Bowl. Next, we've got the Los Angeles Rams, who will have trouble against the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys lead the all-time record 19-18. to The Rams will likely struggle against the Cowboys since Dallas has a stellar defense. I think the Rams are a few seasons away from getting back to where they once were, but the Cowboys are ready to get further in the playoffs and hopefully return to the Super Bowl for the first time in many years. We move on to the San Francisco 49ers, who will have the toughest matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles. The 49ers lead the all-time record 20-15 and one tie. The rematch of the NFC Championship is going to be challenging for both teams. The Eagles and 49ers are stacked with talent and are itching to get back to that late playoff position in a battle for number one. And finally, we have the Seattle Seahawks, who will also struggle against the Dallas Cowboys. And the Dallas Cowboys lead the all-time record 11-10. While the Seahawks are getting over the hump of issues that they had last season, another challenge lies in them facing a dominating Dallas Cowboys defense. No matter what play the the Seahawks might try, they're going to have to scheme to keep Micah Parsons away from Geno Smith. Philly Sports Trips is a proud sponsor of the First and Gen podcast. Take your Philly sports experience to the next level with Philly Sports Trips, a premium travel and tailgating experience. This experience includes four and five star hotels and resorts, group and charter flights, an on-site trip coordinator for every trip, and then the fun just begins. You get to have tailgating experiences, local excursions, other fun perks, and ticketed seating together at games with other fans. These trips book up quick, so don't wait to plan yours. To book a trip, visit phillysportstrips.com. Now that I have just about all of the expansion packs in The Sims 4, it's time to rank what ones are worth buying and what ones are not worth the $40. Sims 4 expansion packs are the biggest add-ons you can buy in the game. They typically come with another world and a boatload of create a sim and build items as well as interactions and a world of opportunities to have more gameplay. So at the time of me ranking these packs, I had not yet bought Get Together, which is like the family pack that includes uh, toddlers and um, new kind of interactions and such. And I thought that instead of going back and and re-ranking everything, I figured I'd just give a review of Growing Together right now and say that I absolutely love the pack. I think it's perfect if you're a generational game player. I'm not really even a Sims 4 generational game player, but I am now because of the toddler stuff and the different interactions and things that you can have and just like watching your Sim grow up and being able to interact from the time they're a newborn to the time they're old. So I highly recommend growing together. I would give the world uh, four stars. I would give the quality of life five stars and the creative Sim and 
and build items I'd also give four stars and I would rank that pretty high but since at the time that I created this uh, ranking I had not bought Growing Together I can't give it like an official number rating um but with that being said, that's okay. We move on, and now I want to discuss who I have at number 12, which I have Snowy Escape. The Snowy Escape pack is in the same boat with City Living. I like the world, I like the ability to snowboard, but I feel like this pack would have been better suited as like a vacation slash game pack instead of an entire expansion. I rarely use this pack except for the build and create a sim items, most of which could have been condensed to a game pack. I gave the world three stars, quality of life two stars, and the create a sim slash build items three stars. Coming in at 11, we have City Living, and though it doesn't add much quality of life to the game, I think having apartments in this game is a fun addition to The Sims world. I wish I didn't have to rank this pack so low, but there really isn't much outside of the apartments, the city culture, and build items. I don't really even have much su suggestions for this pack because most of the suggestions I do have come in other packs. So with that being said, I ranked the world four stars, the quality of life two stars, and the build items three stars. At number 10, we've got Island Living, another unique world type pack that I ranked kind of high. I would say Island Living is another pack that doesn't add too much to the game, but it is still fun to play. This was one of the first packs I bought and by default was the first occult I got to experience. And for those who don't know what the occult sims are, it's the like magical like mermaids and werewolves and vampires, uh, aliens, I'm forgetting one, um, but you get the gist. They're like the myth mystical, the mythical creatures. Um, so obviously with this pack, I got to experience mermaids. The mermaid stuff is really fun and I adore the creative sim items. I think if I had to give a suggestion to make this pack better, it's probably to do more stuff with mermaids. There could have been more interactions and such to play around with, much like I did one time when I had like mermaid stuff as custom content. I gave the world three stars, the quality of life three stars, and create a sim slash build items four stars. At number nine, we've got Eco Lifestyle. I had the opportunity to play, to trial play Eco Lifestyle before buying it, and for some reason, I may have enjoyed it more during the trial. It's not that I don't like the pack, and there's definitely a lot of stuff that you can use, but it's not one that I particularly play often, unless I'm doing like the voting community thing. Also, the part where you can build four different community areas on one lot is pretty freaking cool. I think this is one of those packs where the build and create a sim items kind of outweigh the actual gameplay. So for that reason, I gave the world three stars, quality of life three stars, and create a, create a sim slash build items also three stars. At number eight, we have the Cats and Dogs expansion pack. The pets pack is absolutely incredible. In my opinion, I think this is the best quality of life expansion pack in the game. The customizations for your cat, dog, and like raccoon are endless. The world is also cute and the one pre-built mansion is incredible. I think the only suggestion I have for this game would be to add pet shows. I think it would be adorable to have your sims train your pets to get ready for a dog or a cat show. 
But with that being said, I gave the world three stars, quality of life four stars, and the build items three stars. At number seven, I have four seasons, but I kind of wish that I ranked it higher. I do like this pack. I think it really brings something to Sims 4 that other packs don't. However, I think it kind of gets a little bit redundant after a while. I wouldn't recommend buying this pack unless you buy another. Um, this as a standalone in-game expansion is kind of dull in my opinion. I do like the build items and some of the things that Sims can do, and I also think having a calendar comes in handy, um, even though at the time uh, of this article I didn't realize that um, the calendar is base game and holidays are with Sims 4. But uh, I wish that we could get a little bit more out of this pack. I think it would have been cool to have a few staple holidays per season, which I believe is really only like in the winter season. Also, it would have been a super cool opportunity to have like a four seasons world where like one was wintry, one was like springtimey, one was like summer by the beach or like an island and one was like fall or something. That would make for a great first expansion to get players involved with what they could like and buy with future expansions. Uh, I ranked the quality of life three stars, but I kind of wish I did four stars. So I'm going to give it four stars. Why not? It's my podcast. I can do what I want. I'm giving the quality of life four stars and create a sim slash build items four stars. And number six, we've got Discover University. So this pack opened my eyes to how cool it is to have your sims get an education and boost their career. I almost always have my sims go for the communi communications degree, you know, biased, I don't really care. Um, but also just love the quality of life it brings to the game. I feel like one thing that could make this pack better would be basically similar things that you find in high school. Sports day-to-day -day interactions in the game, and even more degree options. It would also be cool for Sims to attend either a university or like a trade school for cooking, uh, carpentry, or even fashion I think would be awesome. But for that reason, I gave the world three stars, quality of life four stars, and create a sim slash build items four stars. At number five, we've got the pack Get Famous. I think there might be some recency bias with this pack since I started watching The Idol on Max. However, I do think this pack adds a certain something to The Sims 4 world. I love the glitz and glamour of the fame pack and, sorry to say, most of the time cheat my sims to become famous. Are they Nepo babies? Basically yes, but I love the mansions and fans of celebrity interactions and would love to see more like celebrity to celebrity interactions feuds, collaborations, and other types of interactions would be so, so cool to have in the game. Uh, I gave the create a sim slash build items three stars and the world and quality of life four stars. And coming in at number four is high school years. Because I knew I liked Discover University, I already felt like I'd enjoy the high school pack, and I was right. I think the thing I like about this pack more is that it's way more interactive with giving you the option to go to school and live out the day. 
also it's really easy to do the interactions and let your sim learn. My only suggestion I have for this game is to have prom happen like once a season, granted you have this season's expansion pack, or have it once every two weeks. I think having it once a week is a little overdone and spacing it out, spacing it out gives your sims more opportunities to interact with each other and build relationships that can help make for an even better prom, including king and queen voting. I gave the create a sim slash build items three stars and the world and quality of life four stars. At number three, we have Cottage Living. I absolutely love this pack with every fiber of my being. It's the perfect cottagecore escape for your sims to live in a farming world. I could also be biased because I'm an avid Stardew Valley and Animal Crossing fan, but this pack is wonderful. If my sims aren't living in this world, they frequently travel to it when there's a fair in town. My only real suggestion would be an update with more oversized crops. I feel like something like oversized tomatoes and carrots would also be really cool. I gave the create a sim slash build and world item or the and world four stars and the quality of life three stars. At number two, we have get to work. If any game adds a quality of life to Sims 4, it's the get to work pack. This pack gives you so much interaction for owning a store, typically what I do, or becoming a scientist or doctor. The world is a little small and I think there could be more um, to be included like a, a pre-made science lab or doctor's office. Also, I think this pack should give the opportunity for all careers to be as interactive as the ones in the game. You see the expansion with going to school. I think it would be cool to go to work as a babysitter and interact with the kids or go to work as a villain. There's a lot left out of this pack in my opinion, but for what it does, it is pretty fun. I gave the world three stars, quality of life four stars, and create a sim slash build items four stars, which means at number one, we have get together. I didn't expect to like this pack as much as I did, but there's a lot here for the sims to do. I love the world and I think it's the perfect blend of empty lots and different activities, most of which I haven't even explored yet. I use the create a sim and build items a lot and obviously this is one of those expansion packs I think adds a new dynamic to the game. I gave the world... Uh, five stars, quality of life, five stars, and create a slim sh slash boat items, four stars. So there you have it. Those are my rankings. If I could re-rank, I probably wouldn't have had get to work so high, to be honest. You know, now that I really am looking back on this list, I don't think I'd have get to work so high. I'd probably put growing together in its place and then... I don't know. I probably would move everything else up like cottage living in high school years and probably put get to work somewhere between um, island living and eco lifestyle or cats and dogs or something like that. But there you have it. That is my list. And as we await the horse ranch pack, I will be sure to give an updated um, list of my favorite expansion packs and what ones I think are worth the $40.
That's a wrap for the brand new First in Gen podcast. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to follow on Twitter and Instagram at andgenpod, that is Jen with two N's, and subscribe and share this episode if you liked it. Until next week, this has been the First in Gen podcast with your host, Jen McGraw. Have a good weekend, everybody.